Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is brought to you by... Nobody. The world championship record is equaled. Lewis Hamilton wins the Turkish Grand Prix and is a seven-time champion of the world. Mate, you have got to be proud of that. What an awesome drive. (laughs) That's for all the kids out there who dream the impossible. You can do it too, man. I believe in you guys. Thank you so much, everyone, for your support. Louis, congratulations for the seventh title. I couldn't have done it better. (laughs) Fantastic drive with the slicks. Fantastic. It's really awesome to to be a witness of that, Louis. It's now time to hand the mic over to a man. A man that's been enjoying a couple of Turkish delights, if you know what I mean. Gobble, gobble. That man is Mr. David Croft. Take it away, Crofty. It's lights out and away we go. Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well, that time has arrived. Sit back, relax, for the Park It In My Ferme show. Here is your host, Colby. That is right. Ladies and gentlemen, please just grab it with both hands because it's your main squeeze. Colby, a.k.a. the Cordopotamus. And if you see my Ferme just lying about, well... Don't hesitate. Don't sit back and wait. Just park it on up in there as it is the parking in my Fairbase show, the number one company F1 podcast on all the platforms. According to my mum, she's never wrong. As we have all the news, opinions, discussions, results, previews, reviews, love triangles, new livery news, and more. Woo. Here we go. Turkish Grand Prix time. Episode 78 is here and ready for you to enjoy. But if you've missed out on the previous 77, don't be a gloomy Gus. 
Don't be down in the dumps. Just jump on over to parkitinmyfairway.com to download all the other episodes they're sitting back waiting, or, or better yet, how about this? How about this? You look down at that subscribe and follow button and gently caress it like it was a long lost lover. That way you get to be the first in the world to hear my sexy, smooth, soothing sounds two times a week. And there ain't nothing wrong. We're getting down and dirty with the Kildopotamus twice a week. Give us a follow on the socials at Parking in My Fermi on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Slide into the DMs and I'll be sitting back, waiting, pining, getting ready to catch you so you don't hurt yourself. But what are we going to talk about today? Well, first off, it's the Turkish Grand Prix and it's a very special one for me as last year, the race last year, was the very first race that this podcast ever covered, which was just under a year ago. So we are closing in on that one-year mark like we were Kelly PK, closing in on Verstappen's fortune. We are so close. But today, we will look at how Mercedes might be in a bit of trouble this season. We discuss who deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore of Formula One and look at the top five... Cody. Top five. Klaus, do you want to try that one more time? We're looking at the top, and this time, you know, get the sound guy, a bit of gusto. We need a bit of volume on it. And we're going to be looking at the top five. Cody's top five. Much better, Klaus. Predictions for the Turkish Grand Prix. But before we jump into it, I ask that you please put on something comfortable. Maybe a big dick Danny Rick shirt from Parking in My Fermi merch page, parkinginmyfermi.com slash merch, link in description. Or grab yourself a nice glass of bubbly, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Into a cockpit. Vamos! Come on. Pull it off. They love when a plan comes together. Now, gather round, listen to Uncle Cooley here, going to have a little bit of a chat. Because we've been truly blessed with the racing this season. It's been one of the most competitive seasons in Formula 1 history. But here comes big, bad, negative Kultasaurus Rex to rain on your parade. Because I hate to say it, but the season is over. Max Verstappen's done it. He is the 2021 world champion. Oh, you don't believe me? Oh, you don't think it's true? You think Sir Lewis Hamilton has a chance to win <laughs> Sorry, you think Sir Lewis Hamilton has a chance to actually win the World Championship this season? You're a stupid idiot. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry to rain on your parade. Don't No, don't boo me. Don't be upset. Don't hate on me. I'm just a simple man that has seen the future, and I'm here using sound logic and intelligence to tell you that this season is 100% over. Done and dusted. Play this segment back after the season is done, and I'm right. You'll look like an absolute fool for ever doubting me. Well, let's break it down. Why do I think it's over? Let's look at the remaining seven races, and I'll show you why Hamilton is done and dusted. Look, second place is still a really good effort. Well done. You should be proud of that, Mr. Hamilton. But you ain't winning. All right, so as it stands right now, Lewis Hamilton has a two-point advantage on Max. I think they're on... You know, 955 points to 953. So let's start with this weekend. 
Mercedes will need to change Hamilton's engine at some time between now and the next few races. Otherwise, the engine will deteriorate. The reports are that the longer you leave it, the worse that a Mercedes engine actually gets. It doesn't hold up like some of the others that need changing. So I know Lewis Hamilton will take a new engine change this weekend. It makes the most sense. Think about it. The track is wet, so therefore very unpredictable. And Mercedes are going to hope that Hamilton can replicate not only what he did in Turkey last year, but what Max Verstappen did in Sochi. So Max will win Turkey. It's done and dusted. Lewis will finish on the podium. He will have an awesome race despite the penalty. But Max then has the championship lead. Okay, so we've only got six races left now. That was a Mercedes track. And Verstappen now has the lead. So now we move on to Kota. Circuit of the Americas, the United States Grand Prix. Now this one is actually one I think where Mercedes will have an advantage. Just think with... The fresh engine that Hamilton will be able to get, I think he's going to get the win. But it will be one of the last races where Mercedes will be absolutely dominant. The unfortunate thing for Hamilton is that Bottas isn't there to offer support. He's basically shat the bed. Verstappen will most likely be on a podium, if not in second place, right behind Hamilton. So the long high-speed turns and long straights are going to favour the Mercedes, and they will be able to hold off the Red Bulls. But then two weeks later, we move on to the Mexican Grand Prix, the next triple header on the calendar. Now, this is a Red Bull fortress. With that last sector, through the baseball stadium, the hard 90-degree right, then the hard 90-degree left, then the 180 turn, all low-speed corners will favour the Red Bulls. But that's not where I think Red Bull are going to pull away from Mercedes because it will also favour the Ferraris as well. Similar to what we saw in Monaco, similar to Baku. Now, I can see the Ferraris being a real pain in the ass for the Mercedes of Hamilton and Bottas. And Mercedes, if lucky, will get one of their cars on the podium. But it's a race for Verstappen to start slowly pulling away in the championship. That's for sure. Now, the second leg of the triple header is in Brazil. Now, this is another track that is going to favor the Red Bulls as well. It has an incredibly slow middle sector that will be too much for the Mercedes to recover from and another easy one for Verstappen. He is now going to be leading Hamilton by around 20 points. And it's almost going to be done and dusted at this point because the circuits after that, well, we're going to head off to Qatar. A track where the straights, there are a few straights, but they just don't seem long enough to really give that advantage to the Mercedes. But I still feel that Mercedes will be a lot stronger there. Whether or not they are stronger than the Red Bulls, I'm not too sure on this one. But it isn't going to be Hamilton pulling away from Red Bull. It's not going to be one of those kind of tracks. So he may sneak back a couple of points, but Verstappen will very much still be in charge. But now we're down to two, two tracks left. Verstappen's still got the lead with only two, two races to go. What, what's going to happen? Well, the second to last circuit is Saudi Arabia. Again, it may favour the Mercedes. Yes, there are more turns than any other track in Formula 1, but a lot of those turns look like they can nearly be done flat-out speed. Also, I hear the circuit isn't actually even completed or ready to host. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. They've been on the calendar a while. They, they know what's going to be happening. 
It's only a month or so away. It, it really is one of those unknowns on the remainder of the circuit. We have no idea. They have had no other racing done there. At least Qatar, despite there being a MotoGP there, we have some idea of what the racing would be like. But Saudi Arabia, the Jeddah street circuit, we have absolutely no idea. So that one really is a 50-50. I still believe, I think Red Bull has it there as well. Just looking at the layout. But again, you don't really know what those corners are, are like. Unless you play the video game. I haven't done that yet. I've done no research. Moving on. And lastly, the Yas Marina. We are in Abu Dhabi. Going into Abu Dhabi with a lead. Verstappen will hold off and get the win. Just like he did last year, the real battle will be to see if Perez can get his shit together and help Red Bull get the Constructors' win over Mercedes. But in terms of the Drivers' Championship, it's done and dusted. Hamilton is kaput. Second place for Sir Lewis Hamilton. And Max Verstappen is able to get his first Drivers' World Championship. His first of many, I'm sure. I know I've, I've just, once again, gone out and ruined the season for you. And I'm sorry about that. I've upset you by telling you how it's all going to happen. And for that, I apologize. But that's it. That's what's going to happen. Max Verstappen is winning. We find the reign of the Mercedes dominant era has come to an end. Red Bull claimed that crown back. What do you guys think? Do you think it's done and dusted for Hamilton based on the tracks left? Will, will Verstappen stroll easily towards that championship? Let me know on the socials. At Parker my Fairbay on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Slide to the DMs. I love it when you guys do. But now it's time for your stat of the week. I'm a stat man. Formula One stat man. Cody's a stat man. Yeah, stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Stat time. Yeah. Oh, so much stats. So many stats. I don't know if this intro is even long enough. There's that many stats. Uh, stats, stats, stats. Yeah. Ooh, so many stats. Uh, I'm a stat man. Ooh, I am a stat man. Let's go. Let's bring it up here. Let's fire up. Because I've got a stat for you right now. We know that this championship is close. This battle, this season has been remarkable. But what is it? Hamilton's on 246 and a half points to Max Verstappen's 244 and a half points. Two points separate them. But how close is it? How close is it really? I mean, I've just spoiled it. I've told you that Verstappen's win the championship. But is this one of the closest championship battles we've had? Well, let's have a look at the list. So I've gone back through the archives of, of pictures that another page has posted and stolen. But there have been some very close championships over the year. So let's go through them right now. In order, after 15 rounds in the championship, let's see what the top five closest are. 1976, we're going to start with there. Nicky Lauda, 68 points to 65 by Hunt. Three-point margin at that point. 1984, also three points. Keke Rosberg, 42, leading. Peroni, 39. How about 1988? Also three points. Ayrton Senna, 87. Leeds Prost, 84. 
In 2006, Fernando Alonso led Michael Schumacher 108 to 106. And in 1994, it was one point. Michael Schumacher 92 over Damon Hill 91. So we're we're in a historical year for racing right now. Two points? It's the second closest championship after 15 rounds ever. Ever. How's that for your stat of the week? Bada bada be bada bada boo. He's a stat man. Oh, that was a good. It was stat. okay. It was yeah. okay. Such a good stat. Such a such a good stat. You know it was. He's a stat man. Hey, let's go on with the show. Cool, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Bada 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 Lance just needs to press the OK button. OK button. I pressed it. You're pressing the pick confirm button. The pick confirm button is the OK button, Brad. Yeah, Brad. It is the same button, Brad. Still, radio message of the season by far. By oh. oh. <laughs> Oh my god, he's so spoiled. Let's go. It's like that spoiled little brat. Brad, it is the same button, Brad. Well, speaking of great things, we're going to go into our next segment right now because we love to compare things in society. It's how we determine who is the best. We rank things from worst to first. It's never an easy thing to do because most of the time there isn't a lot of things taken into consideration when making a list. For example, let me explain to you. Jessica Alba is the hottest girl in the world. But what's that based on? Looks? Personality? (laughs) Acting ability? (laughs) Temperature? Like, is she literally standing in an oven? Is she the hottest girl ever? If Esteban Ocon's girlfriend, Eleanor Berry... Now, look, if you don't know... Head over to the Instagram, have a look. If she came up to me and whispered into my ear that she wants her pit entry to be wetter than the last five laps of Sochi, my brain is immediately going to recognise her as the hottest girl on the planet. She's now become obtainable. And it's more of a turn-on for me. Just like you, the viewer. If you buy the merch, park it by fairbank.com slash merch, link in description, or achieve legend status for the show through the Patreon you too will become the most amazing people in the world. But a lot of these are conditional things. So the GOAT debate is a fun one to have, but it's never going to give us a clear winner, which is why it's a discussion on a lot of podcasts and shows because it's something they can continually bring up. It's easy content time and time again. It's pandering to the audience. There, You guys are lapping it up. Who's the GOAT? Who's the GOAT? I don't know. So we talk about that topic in sports. It's the GOAT debate. But there's another topic. It isn't the GOAT debate, but the Mount Rushmore conversation. Who is your Mount Rushmore of such and such? See, my Mount Rushmore of basketball would be Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Wilt Chamberlain, and Kobe Bryant. And even then, I'm not happy with the list. But it allows you to justify your reasons. You can say they are all the GOATs in their time. Will Chamberlain was such a freak that they literally changed the sport to make it fair for everyone else. Michael Jordan was so awesome. Players and teams rejoiced when he retired because it made it fair and the rest of the players had a chance to win some games. 
So I was sitting back, sipping on an espresso martini that Klaus had made and thinking to myself, what is the Mount Rushmore of Formula One? It's not an easy task, but I think I can get a Mount Rushmore together and not upset too many people. There is an immediate problem right off the bat. I'm not that old. I'm only a young spring chook. I've only been watching Formula One from the early 90s and have only seen some limited races from before that time. My Mount Rushmore may not feature some of the older drivers for that reason, but I'll justify each decision that I make. All right, so let's go. First, Ed being carved into Mount Rushmore of Formula One. Let's kick it off straight away. One that I don't think I'm going to get any arguments from Pastor Maldonado. No, no, no. Come on. I mean, Sir Lewis Hamilton. The most wins, the most polls, the most championships, the most wins in a single season, the most wins with a single team, the most wins in a rookie season, the most wins at the same trap, most wins at a home GP, the most wins from pole position, the most wins at different Grand Prix circuits, the most with at least one win, most consecutive seasons with a win, most pussycat dolls rooted, most wins in a single calendar month, most career points, most points in a season, most points without winning a championship, most consecutive point finishes, most podiums, most consecutive race starts, most front row starts, youngest world champion, most laps led, most races led, and so on and so forth. Honestly, there are about 100 more of those. I'm not even kidding. So without a doubt, the first name, the first head being carved into Cordopotamus's Mount Rushmore of Formula One is Sir Lewis Hamilton. The, look, the, the man was fucking knighted while still competing at the top of his sport. You know how good you've got to be that the Queen says, oh, I've had enough. I've had enough. You're Sir Lewis Hamilton now. We're not even going to let you retire or finish. You're just that damn good. Like handing out an Oscar to a film while you're seeing it for the first time at the cinema. Spies in Disguise, greatest movie ever here, Oscar now. We've got to carve another head in there. And I've got no problem carving this in there either. It's got to be the man that shares the record with Sir Lewis Hamilton for the most world championships. And that man is Michael Schumacher. Most consecutive titles, most wins in a season, most podium finishes in a season, most fastest laps, most hat-tricks in a season, most consecutive podium finishes with 19? He's finished on the podium 19 times in a row? The reason he is considered the GOAT over Hamilton was just how dominant he was. Like, no one challenged him. Like, it wasn't even close most of the time. Once he settled in that Ferrari, once he actually got that first one for Ferrari under his belt, it was a lock. He was going to win that championship and no one was going to get in his way. I don't think anyone is going to argue with me that this man is on the mountain. He won a championship once with six races left in the season. Michael won 11 of the 17 races that season. 11 of them. He scored 144 points in that 17 race season with Rubens Barrichello, his teammate, in the other Ferrari only scoring 77. He was the cheat code in the sport, and it was almost unfair. So he is definitely getting his head right up there next to Sir Lewis Hamilton. So we've got two on there. We've got two on there, and I'm pretty happy with them so far. All right. We've got two more heads to go. 
So, number three on there. I'm putting Mr. Ayrton Senna on the Mount Rushmore as well. A man whose career was cut tragically short after a fatal crash during a race at Imola on the 1st of May, 1994, at the age of 34. We never got to see the full career, and the battles that we would have seen between himself and Schumacher would have rivaled those battles that he shared between himself and Prost. He only started 161 races in Formula 1, but managed to get 41 wins, 80 podiums, and three world championships. Just for comparison, Hamilton had only won two championships in his first 161 race starts, and Schumacher had just won his third championship. So if we got to see the king of Monaco live out an entire racing career, just how many more would he have won? How many more would he have taken away from Schumacher? We unfortunately won't ever find out. But he was a different breed and a true goat. Get him on the mountain. Now we've got one more. Now I know what you're thinking. You're sitting there going, well, okay, yes, you've clearly you've watched the modern day Formula One. You've you've gone with your Hamilton, your Schumacher, your, your Senna. Yeah, okay. They've, they've been very dominant in their era. But there's one more spot. And this one I am basing purely on the numbers. I'm putting someone on Mount Rushmore that was breaking the sport back in the day, like breaking it. When Formula One started out, it was like the wild, wild west. Deaths would happen every other race. And the championships were decided over roughly nine or ten races in a season. With many of the drivers competing in so many other motorsport championships and races throughout the year. There was one driver that was leaps and bounds better than any other and crushed every title, every race record imaginable back then. The Argentinian Juan Manuel Fangio. He only raced in 51 races, but he won five championships, including four in a row. Only had 24 Formula One wins, 35 podiums, 29 pole positions, 23 fastest laps. But it was only in 51 races. He has the highest percentage of wins, 46.15%. Highest percentage of pole positions, 55.8%. But this is the stat that blows my mind. He starts 92.31% of all races on the front row. He was the oldest world champion at 46 years, 41 days of age. He is the godfather of the sport. And even Michael Schumacher, who's on the mountain next to him, talks about how dominant and amazing Fangio was. He said, Fangio is on a level much higher than I see myself. What he did stands alone. And what we have achieved is also unique. I have such respect for what he achieved. You can't take a personality like Fangio and compare him with what has happened today. There is not even a slightest comparison. That's my Mount Rushmore. What do you guys think? I mean, who did I miss out on? Other than Hans Heyer, the the true... He's the only member of the Parkland My Ferme Hall of Fame. Did you know that? Hans Heyer? I'll go back and have a listen. I've got to do a recap at the end of this year. Of, of what well, we've got to induct our second person because Hans Heyer went in early. He went in last year, I'm pretty sure. We need to induct someone else into the Hall of Fame. That is it. 
That is my Mount Rushmore of Formula One. It will probably change once Daniel Ricciardo, Big Dick Danny Rick, wins the next 10 world championships. But until then, I will stick with Sir Lewis Hamilton, Michael Schumacher, Ayrton Senna, and Juan Manuel Fangio. Let me know what you guys think. Reach out on the socials. Have Parker in my firm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. What does your Mount Rushmore look like? Who have I missed out on? You've got to let me know. Stroll crosses the line and he does go pole. 147.7. Lance Stroll is on pole for the first time in his career. Said P1. P1. Yes, boys! <laughs> Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> yes! Brad, I want to hear you say it, mate. That's pole position. I want to hear you say it! <laughs> That's pole position, Lance. Pole position. Let's go! <laughs> oh, I'm feeling good today. Sitting back, relaxing, chilling. Turkish Grand Prix this weekend. Get excited, ladies and gentlemen. Gobble, gobble, Turkish delights. Let's do it. But I'm sitting back because it's happened. The merch, the latest merch drop has finally arrived. It is the Big Dick Daddy Rick. Oh, you've got to pick yourself up one of these t-shirts. The quality is immaculate. And once you get it, take a picture of yourself, send it to me. Let's send it. Share it with the big man. Send it across to Daddy Rick himself. Let him know about it. We need to get him on the show. We need to have a chat. And do a couple of shoeys with him. See what's up. And you know why I'm doing all this? Do you know why I'm going above and beyond for you guys, the listeners? It's because I give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. That's it. And what the people want is shirts of good quality delivered straight to their door with that pimp logo on the packaging. Ooh, looking so clean and crisp. And that design on the front. Oh, that's world-class. Oh, you don't believe me that's world-class? Well, then you're an idiot. I'm going to stop calling my uh, listeners idiots, don't I? Because it's all love from the Gordopotamus, baby. And I'll tell you why it's all love. Because I want you guys to be comfortable when you're wearing some of this... Some of this awesome merch. Pack it in my fairmate.com slash merch. Link in description. That's why I give you the extra small option all the way up to 5XL for the big hustling chunky ports. And you know why I do that? You know why I do that? Because I give the people what they want. Got to give the people oh, yeah. I give the people what they want. Oh, is there anything else I can give them? Klaus. Klaus, you're listening? You're awake? Oh, I think he's asleep again. Because I've got to ask him, is there anything else I can give the people? And I think the people want free shipping. Anywhere in the world, you could be what? In the middle of the ocean? You get that free shipping. You can be in Antarctica. That's that free international space station. Um, yeah. Okay. I'll give you free shipping. All right. And you know why I'm giving you free shipping? <laughs> you know why? You just pay your money. And you don't have to worry about any extra added costs. And it just rocks up. All taken care of by your boy. Cold Eponymous looks after you there. It's because I give the people what they want. Ow. I give the people what they want. Where, where, hell, where, hell. Klaus? No, no free shipping. It's too late. I've already told them. So Klaus, I've already told them. They're getting the free shipping.
Go back to sleep, you idiot. That's parkingbyfairway.com slash merch, everyone. Link in description to pick up that big Daddy Rick t-shirt. Woo! I'm excited. Gather around. I'm excited. Well, we've got a race coming up this weekend. So everyone needs to fire up Turkish Grand Prix, and it's time for... Goldie's Top 5. Goldie's Top 5 predictions for the Turkish Grand Prix. Oh! Now we've got a bit of news coming out of the world of Formula One for the Turkish Grand Prix. Carlos Seitz sent back of the grid. He's taken an engine penalty right there. What is it? The medical car? The staff? Ian and Vlemdebilvlugan? Both got the COVID? So they're out this weekend. So no big crashes because you won't have the heroes of the day that save Roman Grosjean. You won't have them around. Just be very careful on that slippery circuit, boys and girls. They're out this weekend with the Rona. Also, Red Bull showing off that Honda livery. Ooh, doesn't look half bad. And I'm, I'm surprised I actually like it because at the start of the year, I was so concerned we're going to have so many cars go white that no car really went white. Maybe, I mean, you could argue that Asta, the Alfa Romeo and the Alfa Tauri have that lot of white in them. But Williams really switched it up and they went that blue gradient sort of effect. I actually really like it. But now that Red Bull are coming out and they're like all white with the red on it. Oh, Lord, I think it looks clean and crisp. I actually quite like it. Good homage there to Honda. So well done, Red Bull, looking good. But we ain't here to talk about any of that. No, we're not. Because it's time for Cody's Top 5. Top 5 predictions for the race weekend. Number 5, Lewis Hamilton will take an engine penalty and start dead last. I mentioned it earlier. He's going to take that engine penalty and start to... It, it makes sense for him to do that. He's strong in Turkey. The track will be wet. Now, they've stuffed up a couple of strategies with tyres and so on in the past, but I believe they're smart enough. They've been around long enough. They will be fine. They'll start dead last and he will finish on the podium. How's that? How's that for a prediction? Cody's top five. Oh, yeah. Cody's That's top it. Five. Come on, Klaus, wake up. Top five predictions for the race this weekend. Number four. Bottas is going to finish outside the top ten. Yeah. It hurts me to say it because I actually have no problem with it. One of the best number two drivers of all time. Of all time. But it's turkey, it's wet, the man hates water, he hates moisture, he doesn't like it, he can't control his car at all, you stick the man in a boat, he's basically upside down, he doesn't know what's going on. Bottas finishes outside the top 10, number 3. top 5. Redemption for Lando Norris, he's going on the podium, he won't win the race. He's going to finish on the podium though, and I feel like he'll be switched on, he'll be ready, he'll be... Ready to go. He'll look good out there too. Because there's not going to be any confusion on what tie needs to be on. He's going to make that decision. Always make the safest decision. And it's going to pay off for him as well. So, so far we've got Hamilton and Norris on the podium. Well, we got to work out who's going to win the race, don't we? Cody's top five. Cody's top five predictions for the Turkish Grand Prix. Number two, Max Verstappen wins the Turkish Grand Prix. I actually said it earlier on in the show. If you missed that, go back and listen. Max is going to win it. So it's going to be Max. And I think it's going to be Max from Lando from Hamilton. That's the order on the steps. That's what I've seen. I've predicted it. 
Okay, I know what's going to happen. I've got the crystal ball out. I've got the cards out. I'm sitting here with a psychic every show. Klaus is qualified. You didn't know that? I'm sitting here with him. Magic 8-Ball. He's got three of them. He's holding three of them in his three hands. All right, Max Verstappen wins. Norris second. Hamilton third. But now it's time for... Cody's Top 5. The number one. Cody's Top 5 predictions for the Turkish Grand Prix. Number one. George Russell. Top 5. What? The form. I think enough chaos is going to happen in Turkey again. That if George Russell, who I think looks pretty good in sticky situations, he doesn't like wind. All right? He's got a bad case of gas. No. The thing is that Williams doesn't do well in windy situations, which is why it's sort of when Sochi started, he just started going backwards. All right? Finished top 10, but started going backwards from P3. Now, I think in Turkey, I think there's going to be so much chaos, so much off the track sliding, so many flags, cautions, all this, that George Russell's going to sneak his way in there. I mean, he may even qualify in that top 10, which I suspect he will. I'm not even going to notice how one of my predictions wasn't George Russell makes it to Q3 because it's it's the norm now. It's not a real bold prediction, is it? It's just what happens. George Russell is going to cheekily get in that top five. So, to recap, Cody's Cody's top top five five. bold predictions for the Turkish Grand Prix. Hamilton will start last and finish on the podium. Bottas will finish outside the top ten. Lando Norris will finish on the podium, and I'm predicting second. Max Verstappen wins the race at George Russell. Top five. Ooh, wee. I'm excited. That's that's fired me up. That was. Klaus. Can you wake up, Klaus? Oh, my God. Honestly, if any of you want to apply to be my imaginary sound guy, please hit me up at Parker in my family on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. But that was. Goldie's Top 5. Goldie's Top 5 bold predictions for the Turkish Grand Prix. What do you guys think? Let me know on the socials. You know where to go. Slide in the DMs. I'll catch you. Arms wide open. I'm there. But I'm excited. It's going to be a good race. It really is. So fire up, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 78. I've done 78 of these things. Oh, my Lord. I'm excited to keep bringing them to you because I love it. This is going to be a really good weekend as well. So if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow because we'll break down absolutely everything that happens early next week and make sure that we don't miss anything. We cover every inch, every millimeter, every centimeter, every furlong of the race you better believe it session by session break it down head over to the socials obviously parkingitinmyfairmate.com if you've missed any of the previous and you can hit up the merch store as well pick yourself up a big dick daddy rick t-shirt and of course thanks for listening and big shout out to the legends club Austin sitting there alone on her throne queen of the legends club right now but yes guys as always thanks for listening Thanks for listening.
Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.